Good day, everybody, and welcome to Herod's P.A.K.A. The Reb. The Reb with the cause, and the cause, well, that's you. The rebel against a life without meaning, value, and purpose. MVT would be the Russia Taters you have there. That makes you the most valuable player in your life. Because in order to make the world a better place, we start right here with ourselves. Again, my uh, my disclaimer at the beginning, or it's a claimer, whichever way you want to look at it, I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything. I guess it has something to do with six years of university, but probably not as much as the, uh, the attending of uh, wonderful yeshivas where my education really began. Uh, as far as university was concerned, I can't say it was in the top half of my class, but I was in the part that made the top half possible. Think about that for a moment. But true education, true education really began for me, and its most authentic form was on entering the gates of the yeshiva. And there the, the, uh, the halls of knowledge were opened up. Because if you think about it, what is it? I'm not saying people shouldn't go to college as long as they're willing to learn something after. But especially today, college campuses are such um, incubators of, of just wrong thinking. Of course, if a person needs to have the training required for a particular profession and college is the only way to do it, okay. But even then, to do it in a way which is going to protect your environment, that, that's the most important thing. Because they'll do nothing, nothing that they enjoy more than to invade your mind and just corrupt it and poison it. And uh, just take a walk on any college campus today and just one look, sitting in one class and tell you, you know, where, where they're at. I taught Brooklyn, Brooklyn College broadcast journalism one semester. And I was appalled at just the whole standard, the lack of um, of real sense of of wanting to part of a society that was going to be doing something to help people. Bob Berg has a book called Go-Givers. Most people were just interested in what they could get, not what they could give. At any rate, here on J-Room, we're here to give. That's part of what we, what our raising debtor is. So if there's anything on your mind this morning you want to talk to me about on this beautiful day in Brooklyn, in the month of Elul, we wish everybody a great Elul. It's a time where we can come particularly close to Kaddish Baruch So I want to recommend that we all make our very best effort to, to do that. And the way to do that, the way to reconnect, connect, to galvanize our relationship with Am Yisrael and with the Kaddish Baruch and with Tyre is through Tyre. The more we learn, the more connected we feel. And the more we daven, the more we immerse ourselves in our davening. So I'm merely just reflecting on things which I'm attempting to do for myself at this point. I want to tell you a great word by the B'nai Yisrael. Um, it was told to me by Rabbi Eli, Elio Roberts some years ago. And it requires a little bit of um, a little bit of concentration on your part, but I know you're very good at that. So uh, wherever you are now, if you're riding your car, um, keep your eye on the road. If you're in the kitchen, you're preparing something for lunch for the kids, or uh, you're in a classroom getting ready to give a class and you're just doing the gym route, you, you might want to concentrate on this for a minute or two. The Vinayas Sasser 
Medeis Achar, there you got that right, thank you, says that, as you know, when something that's not kosher, otherwise known as trace, falls into something that's kosher, what's the, what's the halacha? That's right, batul b'shishim. It's nullified in um, a ratio of 60 to 1. 60 parts kosher to one part not kosher because nullified with it, and you can eat it. Now, 100%, no problem. However, if what is called a beria, a complete, complete creature, and as my daughter pointed out, it might need to be something as small as a gnat, right? And a little mosquito just gets in there. The whole thing is bottled. You can't eat it. It's not even bottled in a ratio of a thousand to one. Remarkable. But the but the B'nai Saskaras is an amazing thing. Look it up in the, uh, I think it's Yushalmi in McVoice. says that it does become nullified in a ratio of 960 to 1. That's an amazing statement. It does become nullified, it does not, in a ratio of 1,000 to 1, but in a ratio of 961 it does. You following me so far? Okay. So how does he understand that? It makes it sushtel. It makes it a comparison like this. A mikvah, a mikvah is 40 saw, and each saw is 24 lugim. And he takes those subunits of 24, um, 24 lugim and times that, times the overall 40 saw, it's 960. So he says that would be 960 lugim. And in that, the human being immerses himself, a Jewish man and a Jewish woman, they become completely pure, completely tower. So he says a human being is a barrier. Now how he makes the comparison between Taurus and Kashus, I'm not exactly sure, but he does make the comparison if I understood it correctly. In which case, it means that by immersing oneself in a mikvah, which is a ratio of 960 to 1, right? Saw to Lugim, a barrier can become completely tower. So too, he says, even if a barrier falls into a kosher pot, it becomes nullified in a ratio of 960 to 1. That's basically... But now, listen to what, how he extends it. Are you ready? He says that Rosh Chodesh Elul through Yom Kippur is how many days? Very good, 40 days. And each day, as we know, has 24 hours. And I'm not trying to be didactic or go to slow. I just want to make sure everybody got it because it, it's a little complex. You can tell. But at any rate, 24 hours every day, 40 days, Rosh Chodesh El, through Yom Kippur. 24 times 40, as we already stated, is 960. Amazing. So you have 960 hours between Rosh Chodesh El and Yom Kippur. And just as you have 960 lugim in which a person immerses himself and becomes power in a mikvah, so too this time period is considered a mikvah in Zman, in time, if a person will utilize it properly. That means if we're thinking about what we have to do, if we're acknowledging who we have to be, where we've been, where we want to go, and who we want to be, and we'll dedicate our waking and sleeping moments to that task, we will, by the time Yom Kippur arrives, achieve a complete shuva and a complete purity. As one of my one of my daughters asked me, said, "But well, how can you be mindful of that through all 960 hours?" I don't know. It's quite a challenge. 
But I imagine if we begin to think about it or want to think about it, that's a step in the right direction. So it's a wonderful opportunity. Okay. If you found that board and you'd like to say it over to me to make sure I got it, you reach me at 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Of course, this is going on being a judge of our, our own behavior, not on somebody else's. And that's a very important lesson because in the Parsha of Shoftim, it says that judges and police, Shoftim Vishotim, Tetemlaka, you shall place for yourself. Rabbi Sivka Punim of Parshicho commented, make for yourself judges and police. That is, before you go and make judgments about other people, you judge yourself first. As Chazal tell us, and if you can tell me which Gomorrah this is in, you'll be a prize winner. It's in a Gomorrah. It's one of the Babas. It's a Baba Kama, Baba Vasra, or Baba Metzia, where we learn, and Chazal tell us, first correct yourself and only then correct others. Which Gomorrah is that in? Baba Kama, Baba Vasra, or Baba Metzia? So it's very easy, as you might notice, to find fault with others. But this could very easily lead to a person becoming guided, garrigan, and retaining all of your faults. Now, you and I both know we have an obligation to help others grow. Don't we? I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here on this broadcast, growing for greatness. But it's not just me behind the microphone or on the telephone, you know, acting as a, as a kind of facilitator. Each of us has the ability and probably obligation to do that. We have an obligation to help others grow, but we have to keep reviewing our own behavior to see what we can improve. So as I've said before, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm reflecting what I need to do and in the hopes of passing that on to you so that we can grow together to grow for greatness. The purpose of police is what? what what's the purpose of police? What, to wait by a parking meter to give somebody a ticket? No. The purpose of police is to make certain that the laws are enforced. And in a similar fashion, when you find one of your faults, don't just feel guilty about it. Do something about it. Hi, how are you, Paris B., the Reb? What's on your mind this morning? Hello? Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I thought I heard the phone ringing there. All right. Paris B., a.k.a. the Reb, 718-683-5858. Anything that's on your mind, what, what are you going to do to take a step in the right direction to prepare for Rosh Hashanah this year. What are your reflections upon the past year from your own life or some some observations what you've seen going on in the world from the tragedies that have happened to um, the turmoil in the world to maybe a, a simpler that you celebrated that gave you an insight. What, what changed you this year? What motivated you to want to make some type of change? What do you want to, what do you want to work on? This year, what do you want to work on? We've got now 40 days to really get our acts together. Well, what do you want to work on? What do you think your uh, your obstacles are? Maybe we can walk them through together and see how we can overcome some of them. Terrence B., a.k.a. The Rev. Rev. Good cause. I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything licensed by the state of awareness to live life. Here's the show to its fullest. Thanks for joining the revolution. And you can always reach me on my on my listen line at 848-221-4605. And if you're looking for either personal or uh, group coaching or inspirational and hopefully motivational presentation, don't hesitate to call me at 848-221-4605, and uh, we'll set something up for you. So 
the idea is to take action. Svi Michal Shapiro used to say, kind of jokingly, if a person wants an easy way to be righteous, you know what it is? The, the solution is, just don't study Musr. What do you mean by that? Because then the person will consider himself completely righteous. And once the person starts to study Musr, he'll realize that he's far, far from perfect. I think we are, aren't we? A person spends their entire life striving for perfection. And that's what our job is, just to make ourselves better, even one small increment at a time. So what are you going to do this this year? What, what do you think you could have done better this past year? And you like to concentrate on these 40 days upcoming now, between now and Rosh Hashanah, yeah, starting with Shuva, and then Yom Kippur, but, and then, of course, you know, Sukkot and the Shanarava and everything in between. What would you like to work on? What do you think could use a little fixing up? 848, oh, sorry, that's uh, my hotline. The number here in Jerud is 718 I'd love to hear from you this morning. Let us know what's on your mind. Did you hear the interview with Barry Spitzer last week? Where he talked about how we can't stand idly by when they or Orthodox community is attacked. But from without, within, within, we have to stand up, take a stand, and uh, not stand idly by. If you have a reaction to that, you can call me as well. 718-683-5858. There might be a little road noise in the background, just traveling on the New Jersey Turnpike and uh, doing the broadcast, the Leptica Madera, this morning for you. All right, let me know what's on your mind, anything you'd like to talk about or hear about, call me at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. like to thank our great J-Root staff, our interns that have been working so wonderfully with us, um, some young gentlemen that are on their way to uh, reach their own levels of greatness, and happy to have them on board with J-Root, of course our executive producer Iran, and uh, everybody else on board of J-Root Studios. We're here for you, the station that does listen to you, not just talk to you. Terrence B, a.k.a. The Rev. Thank you for joining the revolution. We'll take a little bit of a musical interlude, and we'll be back with more right here on Growth for Greatness with Terrence B, a.k.a. The Rev. Thanks for joining the Rev-olution.
you're on J-Root, the station that does listen to you. I haven't heard from you this morning. So how was your summer vacation? Did you enjoy it? What did you do that was uplifting and meaningful? And now, what have you determined that you're going to do to um, make these days that are upon us now? Through Yom Kippur and through Sukkot and all the great things in between, the Esaras Mechuva and Shana Rabba, all we have so much ahead of us, but there's so much behind us that we have to reflect on. So, what are you thinking about? Any particular resolutions you're making this year to try and fix up from last year or things that you'd like to work on? Share your thoughts with us right here. There is me. Again, I don't claim to know everything, but you can certainly talk to me about anything. And we're at 718-683-5858. Yes, I know you did not receive your prizes yet. I'd like you to call me when you do get them. Yes, I want to make sure everybody got them. We had a little delay with the all for the boss piece. They haven't reissued. So the people we said we're sending that out to, we had will be doing that. And uh, you should be getting it. The Hashem, let me know when you do. Uh, the pizza prizes and stuff like that, some cash in the mail for you to uh, for some of the names that were uh, nice enough to to join us. 718-683-5858. As we move ahead from L to Yemen Roy, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? Aside from the fact that you're now reflecting about how nice the trip was to the Catskills and the kids are getting home from camp, what are you thinking about? That's going to make a difference in your life and the lives of family, friends, and the world around you. Anything you're thinking about, about undertaking or something standing in your way that you wish you could change, let's talk about it. 718-683-5858. 
And if you've heard it before, so it'll give you even more reason to think about it. At the time of uh, Moses Mendelssohn, there were two scientists that had a rock that they couldn't identify the properties therein. They came from Russia, and they went to visit Mendelssohn, who, as you know, was somebody who really went off the deep end in terms of, of Yiddishkeit. But he maintained that he still had a lot of respect for the, the Torah sages, though he himself put it overboard. But he was known as a scientist. He could not identify the property of this particular rock. But he says, there is one person I know who was a great Torah sage, and he's very well-versed in the arts and sciences. He'll be able to do it. His name is Elio of Vilna. We call him the Vilna Gon. Go to his city, and perhaps you'll be able to have a, a meeting with him, and he'll certainly tell you what it is. So that's what they did, and they were fortunate enough to get an appointment with a guy. He invited them in, he looked at the rock, asked the shamash to bring over a glass of water. Takes the rock, stone, puts it in the glass of water, and suddenly the water begins to evaporate. The water just evaporates, dissipates into thin air. And he said, this stone is a sapphire. Sapphire is a stone which has the ability, the properties, to evaporate water. When they went back, they were certainly amazed by the erudition and the knowledge of this great Torah sage. Now they went back to Mendelssohn, Lahabdul. And he, too, was amazed. He said, ah, but now I know something else. And this is what he said. Now he knows how Moshe Rabbeinu split the Yamsu. Since the staff, the mata that Akadosh Baruch gave to Moshe was made out of sapphire, and since the Gon said that sapphire has the properties to dissipate and evaporate water, so that's what must have happened. Moshe Rabbeinu put his staff in water, and the Yamsu split because it has the ability to evaporate water. Now, there couldn't be anything further from the truth, and certainly it was fear. That's what the Goyen said. He said, now he knows what fear is. When somebody wants to fortify their own agenda, steeped in falsehood, they'll take even the most apparent, blatant truth and bend it out of shape to their own krumkite, which is what he did. First of all, Moshe Rabbeinu never put the mata in the water. He held it above. One of the reasons was that people would see that it was not the staff that did. He held it above, high above the water. But even if he had done it, right, just like a bris is done on the eighth day and the vitamin K reaches its peak at that point, that's not the reason you have the bris on the eighth day. That's a byproduct of what a Baruch made to happen on the day of the bris. The fact that sapphire evaporates water is not what caused the answer to split. What caused it to split was the rutsin of a Kaddish Baruch the command of Hashem. So when a person sees something, and they're determined to see it in their own distorted, myopic view, then it's going, that's what they're going to call the truth. But here's my question to you. How do you know, and I'm asking this, and I don't, do not take it the wrong way, somebody like who just loved Torah, maybe because he loved Torah so much, he was the to see the truth through the lens of his desire to to love, honor, and and appreciate and value the Torah. What made his opinion any more correct? What made his the truth? In other words, how do you know that what the Gros said is true, and not just a function of his own agenda because he loved Torah, as opposed to Lahavdullah, somebody who just wanted to fit their own agenda? What do you think about that? How can you know that something is the truth 
and remove the veil of bias. What do you think? All right. Give me a call, 718-683-5858, while I'm waiting for your answer. I'll tell you what the Kofus Time says, and you can feel free to call at any time. 718-683-5858. The Kofus Time gives us an analogy. It says in the plastic that the Torah ushers prohibits the judge from taking any bribe, because bribery blinds the eyes of a wise person. In this case, the bribery with the um, with, with Mendelssohn was that he had his own agenda. So if you were here, like, let's say, Ruvain says that Shimon is, is wealthy. So you need to know what Ruvain's financial situation was before you can have a clear picture as to how much money Shimon has, because you got to know what Ruvain thinks. There's a lot of guilt. So if Ruvain himself is very poor, and is considering Shimon wealthy, doesn't really mean a lot, right? But if someone who is internationally famous as one of the richest people in the world, would say that someone is wealthy. Well, you know, the guy has a sock guilt. So we know that the person he's referring to owns a tremendous amount and has enormous financial assets. And it's a similar concept with Kochma, with wisdom. If Rubin says that Shimon is wise, so we need to know how wise Rubin is to get a picture of Shimon's wisdom and have a clear insight into that. For example, if Rabbi Kiva Eger said that someone is a Kochma, he's smart, then you can be pretty sure and have a much clearer picture of that person's wisdom. Talbachimer, all the more so, if we heard the Rambam say that someone is wise, you can be sure that that person is very, very wise, right? Now, in, in re- Hi, Hi, how we doing? Hi, fellas, you got the phone line on? Hello there, how are you? Uh, I think we got the lines mixed in. Good morning, Rabotai. Is somebody on the line there with us? No. So how come we have all the noise in the background, fellas? Thank you. Rabotai, which and I'm not referring to you Bowtie. I'm talking to the ladies and gentlemen out there. But we're picking up a lot of street noise out there, so if we could down that, I'd appreciate it. All right, everybody. Yeah, we're on high. Was somebody on the line or... Hi, this is Terrence P. You with us? Okay. Well, let's finish off that word about the Kofus Kaim, uh, about bias. So the Kofus Kaim tells us we can gain a deeper understanding of this Pusik about um, bribery blinding the eyes of, of wise men. Okay. Hi, Terrence P. Thanks for joining me. What do you have to say for yourself this morning on this beautiful post? Hi, good morning. Uh, yeah, hi. How are you? Good morning to you. What can we help you with? Hi, good morning. Um, Mike, I had a question, um, something that you were saying before. Um, so you were talking about the mix on everything, and uh, and you mentioned also beforehand about how, and this is probably something very controversial about college. Uh, my question was, if college is so full of poison and everything, yes, 100% people need to make a parnassa, but so isn't it like what the rabbis say, like dipping with a bug? <laughs> if it's so poisonous, how is it kosher for so many Jewish women and men and women to, to attend? Well, you know, that's a that's a leading question, and that's why everybody, first of all, has to ask their das Right. You know, so, what, yeah, that is a controversial uh, question. Right. Now, of course it's controversial. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever been on a college campus recently. And I'm not even talking, I'm not... Yeah, I have. I have. So, okay, yeah. so, you know, you, it, this is not a foreign idea to you, right? Were you on a Jewish college campus or on a uh, 
and a regular college campus. So, um, I don't know who was listening in, but um, it was a Jewish okay, college, right, but, but it wasn't you, whatever. Okay, uh, but you, you, I'm sure you're aware that anytime you walk into a classroom situation, you are at the mercy of the subjective views of the professor teaching the course. It could be the most, um, it could be a mathematics course, and they could be infusing it with heretical ideas, or just the people that are on campus itself. Now, when I was out of town, and I would say I don't want to mention the university that I was at, but it was a hotbed of, like, Arab studies and things like that, where they were very hostile to the Jewish students. And not only that, but it was an atmosphere which cultivated a sense of um, of Hefkerkite. And even people in the secular community today will, will tell you that. And it's just filled with propaganda. So your question is, if it's so trace, how could you make it into kosher? So the, the, the real question is, are you going to find what your course of study is in a way that you can do it? Let's say a person's learning OT. A lot of uh, young women go to go to college for OT. It's a, you know, it's a very clean and um, potentially profitable profession where they want to help their husbands out. It's a great thing to do, and you're helping people. So if you have to do that, you find an environment um, that you do it in. But if it's a, an environment that you know is going to be hazardous to your health, then you have to stay away from it at all, all costs. And there are people who do I mean, I'm like, do what I know is doing a course, who doesn't have to sit foot on a college campus. Now, right. I, I think that's great. I mean, I spent six years on a university campus, and some of them were the best in America. And it was only when I went to Yeshiva when my eyes you know, were opened up, did I realize just how brainwashed we really were. We thought that we were opening our minds, but really what they were doing, as a famous author said, was the closing of the American mind. You know what I'm talking about? Right, I hear. Oh. All right. At any rate, environmental protection. We do it for our uh, for the dolphins and eagles, so we should certainly do it for ourselves. And a college campus today is really a potential health hazard. So um, proceed with caution. That's all I can tell you. All right. Thanks for joining us here on J-Root. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So what we're saying is, Torah says that a bribe is going to blind the person. And no matter how wise any person is, their bias is going to detract from the truth. And that's just a small bribe, all the more so to a large one. And there's no greater bias. No greater bias than our desire to see ourselves in a positive light. We want to look at ourselves in a positive way, which, from a self-esteem point of view, is great. But we don't want to see any faults in ourselves. You know, that person is a miser. Me, I'm just thrifty. That person is a balkast. They're always getting angry at me. I mean, once in a while, I lose my temper for good things, right? That bias is going to prevent us from taking an honest look at ourselves and objectively finding our faults and limitations. But... Since we are here to improve ourselves, and that's the goal of, uh, of our existence, in order to come closer to Hashem, in order to enjoy the things He's put in the world, it's vitally important, not just, you know, not just simply important, but vitally important, that we have to really exert some effort. I think the woman who just called was, was thinking about this. The fact that she's thinking about it is already a good start, because once you stop thinking, you're finished, as opposed to the tragedy of that young girl who jumped off a roof who said if people would only think they wouldn't be religious. No, punk for care. 
if you aren't thinking, that is what is going to make you religious. It's to the rest of the world that doesn't think or thinks that they're thinking, and they are the true Manchurian candidates. You know the story of Manchurian candidate? Well, I can't go into it right now, but Manchurian candidate was a story about somebody who brainwashed American soldiers into thinking that they um, they they were a uh, they were acting as agents of the North Korean government, but by making them have a verbal cue, they put themselves in line to um, to do damage within the American government, actually take out the American president, God forbid. But it was through brainwashing, but they didn't think they were brainwashed. But don't think that it doesn't go that far. Every time you walk in and you make a purchase, how do you know you didn't make that purchase based on 10 radio commercials that you heard? It really wouldn't be Pesach. Well, I know. <laughs> how could it be Pesach if I don't eat that product? Or, uh, you know, how can I be a, a real gobber robber, real, you know, man living up to my, my potential? How could, I, how could I be a woman that, you know, has true values if I don't, you know, buy that type of product? So that that that's what's so destructive. We have to make every effort to view ourselves as though we, we were reviewing the life of a complete stranger. When you look at yourself, do you evaluate yourself in the same way that you would be trying to help somebody else and that you're totally objective? Because that's the only time you're going to be able to see who you really are and the only way that we can grow spiritually and improve our character traits. And as simple as the statement was made by that woman about how can you... You know, go to college only if it's a trade environment and go shoot up. Obviously, she was troubled by that, but if you're troubled by it, that means you're thinking about it. If you don't think there's anything wrong with it, then you really got problems. But when you start questioning and challenging the norms around us, then you're on the right track. Now, I'm not talking about niches and constantly, you know, why do I do this, why do I do that? No, that, that's, we're not talking about that. We're talking about saying, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jewish man. I'm a Jewish woman. I'm eating kosher food. Why am I doing this? I'm doing it because the Kaddish Baruch commanded me to do it. I'm getting up in the morning and saying, Modani, why am I doing that? I'm thinking it because I recognize that my breath, every breath that I take is only because the Kaddish Baruch is giving me those breaths to take. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about this. You can reach me on my uh, email, eichlermedia at gmail.com. Contact me about anything that's on your mind. I want to start sending out those prizes. Just let us know that you're out there. Send me a note at eichlermedia at gmail.com. Reach me on my listen line, 848-221-4605. Wishing you a great Kodesh on our way to Yemen Arroyim. Hopefully the year will close on positive, happy notes and great things ahead for all of Kodesh Israel. Remember, the words of Hillel, the rest is commentary. Now go and learn. Good day, New York, and good evening, Yerushalayim. All the best. Zagazan Shtar, Terrence B, a.k.a. The